This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome everybody to episode 61 of the Animaniacast. I know. Let's make masks and guess who we are. I hold up a mask, Lingy Lingy Lou. You guess who I am, Lingy Lingy Lou. <laughs> Are we being punished? Yes. Welcome once again to another episode of the Animaniacast. We are the only podcast that is dedicated to the animated television series, Animaniacs. Here we explore the series episode by episode, exploring all the different cultural references and gags, and in the end, we give each episode a water tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me once again in Los Angeles, it's my brother Nathan, we're going to have funny fun, yum, yum, fun, fun, yum, fun. <laughs> and across the country in Georgia, it's Kelly. Hello. All righty. Well, I, I think we, uh, we we can all imagine that this is going to be a good episode, right? I imagine, uh, I'm trying to think of an imagined pun in there, but I can't. It's just a good episode. Uh, today we are discussing episode 61 of Animaniacs. It includes the segments Baloney and Kids, Super Buttons, and uh, also has Kitty Kaboom with the driving lesson. Uh, guys, what do you think? In a few words, what would you say about this episode? Nathan. I miss Tom Ruger. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and Kelly, what about you? <laughs> oh, it brought up nightmares from the time when my nephew was a fan of Barney. <laughs> oh, no. That, that would bring up nightmares. And, of course, <laughs> Nathan... You miss Tom Ruger. Why do you miss Tom Ruger? What happened recently? Well, I thought he, I thought he was going to be on every week, and where is he this week? Oh, that's right. Well, Tom, Tom, <laughs> Tom Ruger. In case you missed it, and if you did miss it, what's wrong with you? Why? I know <laughs> you have to go back to our previous episode, episode sixty A, I believe it is, and that's our first interview with uh, Tom Ruger. And if everything goes as planned. Next week, we'll be doing yet another interview with Tom Ruger as well, discussion about the show and things like that. Um, we are accepting questions. Uh, if you are listening to this episode on Sunday, the day it's released, um, then maybe you can still get your question in. <laughs> no, no more questions. No, no. <laughs> I'm not answering any more questions today. <laughs> I'm watching Baywatch. <laughs> Unless you're, unless, yeah, we're not interviewing Wally Lama, luckily. We're interviewing <laughs> <laughs> Tom Ruger. Um, so, yeah, we have a, we've had a bunch of questions coming in and we're going to get to as many as we can. We're also going to be talking about just kind of, uh, oh, how he came up with, uh, the idea of Animaniacs and, uh, just the, the whole development of the show as well. It's, can we talk to him more about Steven Spielberg? Uh, I'm sure it will come up repeatedly with you in the room. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, by the way, uh, before we get into our discussion, I also want to mention that Kelly recently went to Dragon Con and had, we have some bonus extra audio for everybody after the credits of today's episode from the, uh, press conference that you went to, right, Kelly? Yes. All right. Yeah. So, uh, some good audio right there. You're going to uh, hear a little bit about, uh, 
Rob Paulson, what you know, surviving cancer, and uh, in, any any other little things that you want to highlight? I get a chance to ask him about a possible Animaniacs reboot. Ooh, well, that is Ooh. very interesting. So uh, to hear all that, uh, just uh, well, listen to this episode, listen to the rest of this, and then stay just stay tuned, stay tuned. <laughs> and as I always like to say, tuned is spelled T O O N E D. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, I see I what you it. did there. <laughs> I, I don't get it. Oh, never mind. <laughs> anyway, well, let's go ahead and get into our discussion of this episode, episode 61 of Animaniacs. But before we do, Nathan, tell us, when did this episode first premiere? All right. Well, this episode premiered on Monday, May 2nd, which is two months after the last episode. Uh, so there's been like a bunch of things that were released, like movie-wise, so... Yeah. Uh, do you want to hear? Sure. Do you want to hear some of those? Let's hear yeah. some highlights. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so just name a couple. There's uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Naked Gun 33 and a Third, D2, Mighty Ducks, Thumbelina, and Clifford were all released between that time. Oh, my gosh. Clifford, the, Mar- the Martin Short movie? <laughs> yep. It's, I don't even remember that. It is. Okay. <laughs> okay. Clifford, just so you know. It is with Martin Short and oh gosh, it's the uh, guy from uh, Beethoven who played the dad. Yeah, I f- I forget the the guy's is name. It Charles Grodin. Charles Grodin. Oh yes, this is a horrible movie, but it's great. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> it's 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 horribly bad. Martin Short plays a, a child. He is obviously a forty five year old man, but he's playing. Oh, when you said Clifford, I thought it was like the big red dog. That's what I thought at first too, but it's not. It's Clifford is the boy. And it's Martin Short oh. playing a little boy. And he's basically, it's almost like the, the plot of Problem Child, but with Charles Grodin as like a stepdad or an uncle or something like that. And Martin Short playing the part of a, a little boy. It's a horrible movie. I, I remember watching it as a kid and, and um, thinking, this is horrible, but I also like it at the same time. It kind of goes like... yeah. Um, that and like the movie Master of Disguise with uh, uh, <laughs> that is not good at all. That's not good either. But <laughs> I like it because it has funny, stupid part. I don't know. I don't. It's it's hard to describe. But a lot of good movies there. I did Four Weddings and a Funeral. That was very popular back in the day. Um, what was mm-hmm. what was the other one you mentioned? Oh, Naked Gun, thirty three and a third. Naked Gun, the, which eh. was probably the worst of the. It's three, the worst of the three of those. Yeah. So D two though, that was like Mighty Ducks uh, too, as good as the first. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's the, <laughs> hey, they got their formula down, and they do the they. I don't know. They didn't do the flying V, or I don't know. <laughs> quack quack oh, no, they quack, do. quack quack <laughs> quack quack quack. Anyway, Mighty Ducks. Ducks fly together. <laughs> All right. Well, some very nice movies right there. I wonder why, but it might be one of the questions we have to to ask. I'm sure there's probably some people that know out there, but I wonder why there was such a big break between uh, episodes. Maybe some of our listeners yeah. know, because that's curious why that would happen. And it's all the same. The, another you know thing I, I want to make sure I ask uh, Tom is why you know there are a lot of episodes in in season one. <laughs> there are. Uh, yeah. What sixty five episodes in season one? Sixty five. That's mm-hmm. that's insane. Like I don't know. Like I don't know if that's typical for cartoons or not. I don't think it's typical. But I, um, I think it is because I remember when the um when it, Sailor Moon was uh, aired for American audiences. I think like season one was about 65 episodes. Wow. Well, maybe they do like a big initial run. And then if you get renewed, then you can kind of do smaller 
shorter seasons because you're sprinkling in reruns in between from then on. I think that's yeah, because I mean a, a regular TV season is I mean it's changed a little bit now, but it used to be about 22 episodes. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and that was that's for a weekly show. So when you figure a cartoon airs five days a week. 65 actually doesn't seem that much. Yeah, it's a good point. Good point. All right. Well, anyway, let's finally get into our discussion. Why don't we? Let's, yeah. Let's go ahead and get into our discussion. <laughs> well, we, we excel at getting off discussion. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We, I thought that was the point of the podcast. Well, that's kind of, <laughs> you know what? Sometimes it is. But anyway, let's go ahead and get into our discussion here. Before we get to our first segment of Baloney and Kids, we have a, a quick Dots Poetry Corner where she talks about uh, Jack Spratt. <clears throat> Jack Spratt. Jack Spratt could eat no fat. So he became macrobiotic and a giant pain in the neck. Thank you. What is macrobiotic? I forget what that means. I don't know anybody who's macrobiotic. You, I can tell you guys are hopefully looking that up for me. <laughs> no, well, I, I have something in the show notes, but I, I don't know if it's true or not. Okay, <laughs> let's see. Macro, oh, I see it. Macrobiotic refers to a special diet which supposedly has spiritual properties. There are several levels of which uh, ultimately have you lying on nothing but brown rice. And all the levels are devoid of any sort of food, which is actually fun to eat. So I don't even understand that. So yeah, it's yeah, it's like a spiritual way of that. Yeah, that would be annoying, actually, if that's true. If macrobiotic is eating brown rice and laying on brown rice and eating nothing tasty, then yeah, that would be annoying too. I, I, I mean, I like rice, but I don't know if I'd lay on it. Yeah. Well, anyway, you know, today we have the gluten free, and which a lot of people are gluten free now, <laughs> or mm-hmm. or vegan and stuff. So you know, fill in the blank. You know, you have the you have the person that you're you're out with everybody, and they can't eat. I came home today. There's like gluten free pretzels in the pantry. I'm like, why? Why are there gluten free pretzels? <laughs> oh, it's because they. They were being sold in the small pack and not the big pack. I mean, okay, they taste fine, but <laughs> I was I was confused. <laughs> gluten free <laughs> means it means it's magically good for you all of a sudden. So eat as much as I you guess. want. Apparently, I don't know. Well, I did. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I like pretzels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there are some episodes where you can hear Kelly eating pretzels. No, actually, we delete that part <laughs> out. It was Cheez Its. <laughs> Cheez Its. Okay. <laughs> I have a box of those in my room, too. (laughs) Well, let's go ahead. Now let's go ahead and get into our first segment. It is called Baloney and Kids. And Baloney and Kids was written by Peter Hastings, and it was directed by Michael Gerard and Dave Marshall. And Kelly, tell us what happens here in Baloney and Kids. The Warner siblings find themselves in a parody of uh, Barney and Friends. They uh, come across a, a a studio. Of, you know, well, it's set up like a um, a movie st- or a TV studio, and the, these little kids are um, <laughs> talking about how they they love after school doing things like staying more at school and. Um, <laughs> You know, and then they're hanging out with Baloney, this big orange dinosaur, and he's a yum, fun, doodle dum kind of guy. <laughs> and uh, they uh, they're singing with him and having fun, and then they have to go and and do like iron their bed, and um, 
weird things like that and help out their mom. So they leave and just the Warner siblings are left with baloney and they're like, are we being punished? Because he's, he's completely wacky and everything he makes into a song. They play an imagination game. They wear masks and try to guess who each other are. And finally they, they, uh, sing the anvil song and then they dot says yakko is our use of falling anvils going to be a bit excessive yep okay so uh they sing the anvil song and they keep dropping anvils on baloney's head and squishing him but he keeps coming back and they just don't understand it they're just completely you know, confused by the fact that they, he just cannot, he cannot be destroyed. <laughs> and, um, the, uh, even the prince and princesses of, of props want to escape from baloney. But, uh, at the end, they all kind of agree that they can get along when they see the anvil song. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, it really became almost like a zombie kind of thing. Didn't it? Like he just kept rising from the dead each time. <laughs> it was kind of creepy. <laughs> It's made of solid iron. It weighs a ton or two. We know you'd like to meet it. It wants to meet you too. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Let's do it again. Now it's getting scary. Well, Let's go ahead and talk about a, a few quick references in this. I suppose the the first uh reference Really is obviously Barney from Barney and Friends. Uh, oh. uh, yeah, now you get it, Nathan. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> now I was showing this in the library today during lunch, and kids actually, when they weren't really paying attention, they they really thought it was Barney and Friends for a quick second, and they were going, "What is this?" And they were kind of like upset at me playing this at lunchtime. And then they and then they saw what was going on and they thought it was hilarious. And then I had all these, you know, eleven and twelve year olds like laughing their heads off. And I was like, oh, memories! Like this is where I was when I was your age. But yeah, because those poor children watched Barney instead of Sesame Street, and I don't understand what was wrong. Exactly. Well, at the beginning they show the stupid broadcasting, you know, service instead of a uh, public uh, broadcasting service. Kids is brought to you by this station and other stations that lack clever programming. He's just basically saying that there's nothing creative on PBS, which is so sad. When we grew up, Kelly, it was, mm-hmm. you know, they actually had Sesame Street, which is one of the best, you know, and for many people. Well, they still have it. They it's still just... have it. It's still good. Now it's HBO, though. Well, that's true. Yeah, but, but they'll get it. I, I <laughs> they think get... they, HBO gets first run. Yes. PBS. Yeah, they get the reruns now, basically. Um, and, of course, there was Mr. Rogers and stuff, which was uh, much more yeah. much more dry and everything. But, gosh, it was something... I think PBS, when we were little kids, Kelly, was something that parents could watch with their kids and enjoy at the same time. And then by the time the 90s came around, you started getting stuff like Barney and Friends, and then later on it was Teletubbies. Teletubbies, ah! Oh, yep. Mm. And it became this whole but thing of just... That's what's wrong with kids today. <laughs> <laughs> These millennials grew up with Barney and Friends and, <laughs> and Teletubbies, and now they're ruined. No, I'm kidding. Millennials out there. I'm kidding. Um, so, Nathan, you're young enough to, to possibly have been in the market right there for Barney and Friends. Did you watch it that much when you were a little kid? 
Um, I never enjoyed Barney. Yeah. And Friends. So. Not really yeah. your not really your thing, especially especially when you have like older brothers who don't want to watch it, especially too. I'm, exactly. I, it's like, but the, I never saw the appeal of it either. I was like Blues Clues. I like that, even though I was too old for that. But. Oh, the Blues Clues! I watched that into high school and everything. I didn't care. Yeah. I thought Steve was amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, yeah, I didn't watch Joe, but <laughs> yeah, well, they got old. Sorry, Joe. Did he yeah. go off to college or something? Yep. Yeah. Wasn't that the story? <laughs> I believe so. Um. Yeah, but Barney and Fr- I mean Barney was in really being made fun of in pop culture. I mean, you look at like movies like what's the Jingle All the Way movie? I think they punch him in the face or something, and or a, a Barney facsimile essentially. I mean, mm-hmm. there were so many cartoons and commercials and everything like that that are jokes about killing Barney. There was like adults really in the '90s hated Barney. <laughs> And this is just a, you know, an example of that, in my opinion. Um, yeah, Barney, not a popular guy, <laughs> but there was also a, a couple quick um, references here to Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya Harding's bodyguard. Guess who? <laughs> is it Abraham Lincoln? <laughs> no. Hmm. Could it be Nancy Kerrigan? <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't pretty. But it had to be done. <laughs> Great song! <laughs> Needle complete oh yippee! It's unstoppable! Call in the National Guard! Or Tanya Harding's bodyguard! Nathan, do you remember anything about Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya Harding? Well, was there some sort of, like, uh, broken shin or something about that? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Some of that was. <laughs> They're Olympic skaters. Do you remember this whole soap, real-life soap opera, Kelly, at all? Oh, of course. It, you couldn't get away from it. And I want to make note that uh, Tanya Harding skated to the Jurassic Park theme <laughs> in her performance. So just putting that out there. Spielberg. Um, so... Before she like broke Nancy Kerrigan's um, leg, I was like, "Oh, I hope she wins because she cool, picks cool music." Yeah, that's true. Because, yeah, because back then it was it was these two these two Olympic skaters, right? They had this rivalry, and Nancy Kerrigan was just the smiley, the you know, like the America's Queen kind of girl, and Tanya Harding was the blonde, kind of rough around the edges to say the least, very competitive. <laughs> figure skater so competitive that uh tanya harding's bodyguard took up i think it was a pipe and bashed uh nancy kerrigan's shin and uh i think it didn't if if she didn't if he didn't break it he at least really bruised it as a way to get her out of the competition i think in the end of the the winter olympics both of them skated and nancy kerrigan i think might have got the gold medal and no, I, I or think, silver maybe I don't know. I think she got silver or bronze. Yeah, Tanya Harding. She, I mean, she placed, but Tanya Harding didn't. Didn't I remember? And I remember back then, Tanya Harding was like doing all this like drama with like she had to stop her skating because her her laces were not done right and everything. Oh boy! So Nancy it, Kerrigan, <laughs> you can't write this kind of drama. It, this <laughs> this was real life unfolding day by day, and the media just ate it. Uh, yeah, I, mean, they're, they're, I don't know how many. Well, I was gonna say I don't know how many made-for-TV movies are out, but I think there's gonna be like a feature movie coming out soon. Um, I want to say Margot Robbie's playing Tanya Harding. 
Who's my? Yeah, I feel like it's it's gonna be like the uh, OJ people versus OJ thing. Oh, oh is that what it something is? about that? Maybe. Yeah, that's time to do that. The people versus OJ was so popular. You got to look back in the '90s and say what else was big. <laughs> Go back to that story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, who's Margot Robbie again? Just give me the name again. Um, she played Harley Quinn in Suicide Squad. Oh yeah. Well, and that's gotta be feature. In, um, The Legend of Tarzan and. Okay. No, maybe that, I was gonna say that it's gotta be feature film, but then again, Cuba Gooding Jr. I think was in that's the. That's why I was thinking it, it is. Well, maybe, maybe not. We'll we'll find out. Well, <laughs> anyway, um, the and really... we, we are not the experts on that. So. <laughs> no, we are not. <laughs> but anyway, we can all revisit that very shortly, either in on TV or in movie theaters. So, um, <laughs> and of course, uh, there's this other part where uh, Baloney is taking a plate and he draws this horrible face. And they're saying, are you Abraham Lincoln? Are you? <laughs> and of course, he's like, no. Um, and they they all take turns. And of course, the Warners draw these faces and they're incredibly detailed uh, faces. <laughs> um, one of them is Vladimir Horowitz, who is a famous pianist. He's a pianist. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and Gertrude Stein. Uh, was a 20th, 20th century novelist. Uh, and then, of course, Wacko shows like Gustav An- Anvil or something like that. And uh, he said he's the inventor of the anvil. And that's not true. That's just a little silly, <laughs> silly thing. What? They made that up? I know. It, you, it's shocking. I know. I, I looked up Gustav Anvil or something like that in Google. And actually, it looks like a guy. I forget the, the name. But he there's a guy named Gustav who wrote, I think it was a song or a play or something of literature called the anvil but it's not gustav anvil so yeah that's 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 not true so there you go um anyway those are really the cultural references but there are a lot of uh funny stuff going on in here guys what are some of the things that uh really stuck out for you uh that you thought was funny uh nathan what's let's start with you uh well that that whole mask game i didn't understand what the the point of it was like did did baloney draw himself in his mask and they're trying to guess is it a big fat polyester dinosaur who's the color of an international house of pancakes with a paper plate over his face no it's me baloney you're kidding the the point was like let's draw masks and you try to guess who i am but he's like no it's me baloney but it's like so did he just not so Baloney, like, drew, he... yeah, Baloney drew himself, and I don't know for a guy who talks about imagination <laughs> so much, um, drawing yourself behind, like putting, making a mask of yourself, is not very imaginative. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> Kelly, what, what's something that stood out for you? Oh, I just I love the songs. Uh, when the episode came out, I would. Uh, take audio from the episode so I could listen to the songs because they weren't on any of the soundtracks. That's true. Well, the um, the Anvil song I think later appeared on Variety Pack. Oh, um, I didn't have that. Yeah, one. It, it did show up on Variety Pack, and it is a slightly different version of it. They took the um, both verses of the Anvil song and kind of pieced them together with none of the "He's coming back alive" and it's Tanya. Harding's bodyguard or whatever, you know, stuff like that. Plus, there's a little bit of additional laughter of baloney. It's made of solid iron. It weighs a ton or two. <laughs> we know you'd like to meet it. It wants to meet you, too. 
<laughs> it, so it's it's a slightly you know there's some variants right there, but it did finally show up. But the Imagine song didn't show up in there. That was not in any mm. of the soundtracks. I'm not I'm not familiar with that being in anything. And I love that song. Now, wanna sing the Imagine song? Uh, not really. Is that cute girl coming back? Cute girl? Gosh, I'm Jacko, I don't know what you're talking about. There's a shocker. I is for imagine, M is for me, A is for the letter A, G is for G. I is for imagine, N is for nice, E is for egad, I said imagine twice. <laughs> Great song. Yeah, I love how he says imagine twice. <laughs> and using using the letter in itself is like the least creative thing you can do. A is for the... Now, here's a question for you. Now, I looked on the Netflix um, uh, closed captioning and it says A is for the letter A and G is for G. And at first I thought he just, oh, like G is for the letter G as well. But uh, at least according to the closed captioning, it's G is for G-E-E. So like, like golly G, like golly G, yeah. So I don't know. The, the, <laughs> yeah, I could see that because letter A is a word. <laughs> it's true. It is. Yeah, like A. Okay, so it worked. It worked. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, if anybody did use imagine twice, that wasn't very, very good. Um, it wasn't very he, imaginative. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Although he did have a very strong imagination for that one part where they said, "Yeah, well, it's been fun, friend, but we've got to get back to planet reality now." Great idea! Let's play astronauts in outer space! <laughs> Hello, mission control! <laughs> Hello, baloney! <laughs> Our sensors show that you're out of oxygen. Goodbye. You'll be remembered as a hero. <laughs> Maybe we should stop pretending! Um, <laughs> um, I, that was funny. Uh, I also particularly like the, the fact that the little girl was going to go home to iron her bed <laughs> yay <laughs> <laughs> those kids know how to party they, like, I, right? i'm gonna invite them to my next soiree <laughs> i just want to know the setup of this like how the warners got mixed up into this thing because they're being pushed onto the set to be here in the first place so it just kind of yeah. made me wonder like are they are, were they being punished what exactly was going on to make them uh, contractually obligated to be on the baloney show. But anyway, um, I'm kind of curious as to if baloney is even a person under there. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's very weird. You, you put a lot of thought into this. I show. did. I did. I, it was, I, I just, it keep you up all night. It did. It gave me nightmares too. <laughs> so, ah. <laughs> ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> <laughs> any Stop o- it. Okay, any, any, any other moments that made you smile? Or- oh, God. Dumb, dumb, doodle, dumb. Dumb, dumb, doodle, dumb. Okay. Uh, any other things that uh, that uh, you thought was quite funny? <laughs> Your imitation. My, oh, okay. Uh, I'll give you one more part. I love, I, I, there was, I mean, just the whole thing was just <laughs> funny. I mean, it was just. It was so crazy. It was a it was a nice foil for the Warners. I I just like how good of an attitude he uh, Baloney always had. Could have brought him back. That would have been great for another episode. Well, Baloney does have a few cameos in some additional episodes coming up in 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 Animaniacs, and I think he even shows up in Pinky Elmira and the Brain, where I guess we get to see the kind of the some of the the evil side of Baloney as well. But 
Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see about that. Anyway, <laughs> let's go ahead and move straight on to our next cartoon, and it is called Super Buttons. And Super Buttons was written by Nicholas Hollander, and it's directed by Leonard Robinson. And Nathan, tell us what happens in Super Buttons. It's a bird, it's a plane, no, it's Super Buttons. And Mindy, both superheroes in Super Buttons. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, So uh, Mindy is chasing a little bird all over the city, and Buttons is trying to get her back home before her superhero parents notice that she's gone. And they end up uh, stopping a bank robbery and finding some supervillains like a giant spider woman and... uh, uh, Buttons gets hurt a lot, obviously, and uh, Mindy just kind of follows the bird back home, and that's the end of the episode. So, yeah. <laughs> and there you go. And yeah, Buttons gets the typical getting himself hurt thing, but he's flying around while doing it, so it's different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you know, this was it, this was kind of a, a more creative uh, Mindy and Buttons, I uh, suppose. Uh, it was. It was more creative than the most. Um, of course, because they're doing a Superman parody, and it starts off uh, very much kind of a parody of the old uh, Charles Fleischer Superman cartoons, where Superman would be in front of the American flag or the world. And I think some of the, I think the TV show did that too, and maybe some uh, some of the old Superman shorts. It's just you know what you see Superman standing in front of, you know, with uh, truth, justice, and the American way, stuff like that. <laughs> I think the only other uh, stuff I could see that was like, oh, that's a reference to this and that's a reference to that would be Mindy at one point holds on to the clock and she holds on to like the, you know, the hour hand or the safe or the minute hand. And that is a reference to an old silent film called Safety Last, which uh, starred... I think it was was it wasn't I think it was Harold Lloyd I believe often something that you see in uh in commercials and stuff with Harold Lloyd hanging from a a clock in New York City and the clock starts falling apart. So it was a you know it's it's a very subtle reference I suppose very quick. What do you guys think? What are some things that stood out that were funny or just stuff that you you that kind of stood out for you? Uh Kelly, let's start with you. I thought it was funny when Mindy goes into the bank while the bank bank robbers are, are trying to, to rob it, and she says, What you doing, Mr. Man? What's it look like? We're robbing the bank. Why? Because we're bank robbers. Why? Because that's what bad guys do. Why? Because maybe our mothers didn't hug us when we was kids. I thought that was cute. <laughs> and then she's like, okay, love you, bye-bye. <laughs> that did get a laugh from the kids in my library today when they were watching it. They... They think they did get a laugh out of, of Mindy saying that. Nathan, what about you? Um, I liked the Mayor Quimby guy uh, <laughs> betting the whole city that there was no spider person in the, <laughs> in the town. I'll bet you $50 there's no spider person. I'll give 10 bucks to anyone that sees a spider person. Heck, I'll make it to 50. Uh, 50 bucks to anyone that sees a uh, spider person. <laughs> Bets are off. All bets are off. <laughs> yeah, that was that was funny. Uh, <laughs> I like the um, <laughs> I like the part where they're all the people are you know doing the things of 
Look, it's a bird. It's a plane. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's super buttons. And I hear he's not housebroken. Ah! That got a kid next to me going, I don't get it. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> and I said, well, you see, when you're not housebroken, you don't know. And they're like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> like birds are not housebroken. Yeah, exactly. So watch out when a... <laughs> it's even worse. It's so much worse. For a dog, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so it was clever. I mean, they had a, they had some the good stuff, like just what's like the parents talking about what's wrong with their daughter. Like, did she get mixed up? She gets some mixed in some with some kryptonite or something like that happened. Mm-hmm. Or um, it was just a good. It, it was one of the better Indian buttons I think that we've seen in a while. Okay. Please don't call me that. Call me mommy, mom, or mother, but not super lady. Okay, super lady. I love you. Bye-bye. Maybe she got into some kryptonite. Anyway, uh, is there any other moments, guys, that you that stood out for you or anything like that? I mean, it was fun seeing the buttons and the spider woman, like, taking a cab, going back and forth, which is kind of a fun little gag. But I thought it was cool that buttons had x-ray vision. It is sad that Buttons, even though he's like a superhero, he still he still is having a lot of trouble just not getting himself hurt. Like he's he's not that super. Like he can lift up a Greyhound bus, but not too long. (laughs) And he can't sit on a nail that hurts him still, or something. You know, (laughs) it's a kryptonite nail. It was. uh... (laughs) And Mindy was very. Gosh, she slipped back into that little thing that like she at the end of the thing where the bird goes back into the yard, she just slips on that little that little leash so quickly, like, okay, now back on this and move my little top. Even though she broke it <laughs> using her powerful pecs, like it snapped in half. But well, look, you know, it's it, it's it's the, a it's a special leash it, that rebinds itself with the molecular yeah. things. They're working on exactly. that, you know. They're working on that kind of plastic <laughs> that can, uh, re- you know, rebind to itself. So, you know, it. That's what it was, Nathan. Of course, everyone there knows that. Okay. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get into our last segment then. And this is a Katie Kaboom. Uh, it is called uh, Driver. Wait, hang on. I don't even know what it's called because I don't have my own. The driving And Katie Kaboom, The Driving Lesson, was written by Nicholas Hollander and directed by Adu Payden. And basically, uh, well, Katie Kaboom and her family, they're having a nice uh, drive back home. And her dad says, well, now uh, you want to you want to switch seats with me? And they and they basically she has her learner's permit and uh, she gets to drive all the way home and uh, very quickly starts to lose her temper and becomes this green monster. Uh, which resembles a lot like the Rat Fink kind of characters. I don't know if you're familiar with those kind of tattoos and stuff, where it's like a rat or a monster holding on to like the uh, gear shift thing. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, guys? At all? Yeah, I've seen a little bit of that. Yeah, uh, like I guess it's uh, like Ed Big Daddy Roth. Is y- that the yeah, that exactly. That's the artist. And okay. I know back in the '90s they even had like a cartoon show called Rat Fink which I think only lasted one season and probably a short season at that. But they had these little toys and everything, too, that you could wind back and race race each other and stuff like that. But, yeah, basically kind of weird, grotesque monsters driving uh, these uh, kind of 
jalopies, basically, or cars, uh, roadsters. There you go. They were, you know, uh, synonymous things like that. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> they, they finally get there. She's saying, I'm not overreacting. And of course, she is overreacting. They're trying to help her. And- Keep your eyes on the road and your hands on the wheel, darling. Maybe you want to drive. At the end, of course, they get home and she goes back to her normal size. She stops being the Hulk once again. And they uh, they just basically say that all teenagers should be locked up until they're 30. And the end. Um, well, that's that's the Katie Kaboom. Uh, I'm going to start with Kelly because you'd never really liked Katie Kaboom that much. Uh, nope. <laughs> tell us, what do you think about this uh, Katie Kaboom episode? Um, her dad sounds a lot like Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> that was a very, that's very nice. <laughs> that is a good, that is an observation. Uh, Nathan, what do you, what are you, but Nathan, let's go to Nathan since Kelly is shy on sharing her true feelings about this cartoon. Nathan, what, what are you, what do you think? Well, uh, it, it reminded me of when I got my learner's permit. And, you know, you get annoyed by people telling you what to do because you, you did take a class and you already know all this stuff. I didn't take a class. You didn't? Oh. We had to, I had to take it at my school. The- no, we, that's why nobody in Georgia can drive. <laughs> they, don't, they don't offer that here. See, our little sister has had some trouble driving. And I think it, part of it is because she hasn't had a driving. She never had driver's ed in her class. I, Nathan, we went to the same high school. And when, when did they still have, when you were taking, did you take driver's ed over at high school, Nathan? Yeah, I did. Did you have to get into the, they kind of looked like cars, but they looked like almost like washing machines on the side or something. They, they look like washing machines to me. Where you sat down in this big metal box, basically. Does this sound at all like what you had to do? Um, mine was more like a an arcade game. I felt like. Oh, you're lucky. See, we had to have like watch a video from like 1972, and <laughs> we'd sit in these like mechanical things that if if you move the uh, steering wheel too far to the left or right, it would uh, flash lights at you and tell you you're doing it wrong and everything. Um, but, See, all we had is um, they showed us videos of car accidents and what would happen if you drove drunk. Uh huh. So I didn't want to get my license. <laughs> so I was like, no, forget that. Yeah, we saw plenty of those too. But <laughs> so I, yeah, I remember getting into those. Uh, uh, that's how I learned how to drive mostly was using the simulator cars. And I was a terrible driver at first because the, my teacher told me to do things you know, poorly. And then when I got into a real car, my mom was going, why are you doing this right now? And that's how it worked in the simulator. I don't know. What... <laughs> anyway, uh, I... I almost flunked my driving test. Too. Oh, no. <laughs> I will say that this cartoon, I still, for whatever reason, I hadn't seen this cartoon for years, but it has been stuck in my head. Uh, Rob Paulson's Jimmy Stewart voice going oh you see now you gotta you gotta change the mirror right there just the mirror so you can see what's behind you next adjust your mirrors honey because you you know you have to see what's behind you i know that daddy whenever i adjust the mirror on my car to this day i get that voice in my head (laughs) telling me (laughs) telling me why i need to adjust the mirror (laughs) so I I was at the Chick-fil-A parking lot this morning and this woman needed to adjust her mirror because she backed into me. Oh my gosh. Kelly has the worst luck with cars. 
I, I, because I live in Georgia. <laughs> okay, well. Where they don't teach drivers that. <laughs> they need washing machines. They do. They oh, need give those. to the students. Yeah, and... exactly. We need more washing machines. Anyway. It was fine. No harm done, but it was just like, ugh. <laughs> well. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I could relate to this. I know that, I know that, you know, many people, you know, say like, oh, Katie is such a stereotypical, you know, and not, does not put, you know, women, girls in a positive light. To me, I just, I just related, even though Katie is a, as a girl in this, you know, I totally related to, I would act like Katie when, I, you know, when I was behind the wheel, whenever your parents are telling you to, you're doing something wrong and you're like, I'm not doing it wrong. I'm doing it right. I, um. Yeah. I. I. Right. Probably. Backseat do. driving is annoying. Yeah. Exactly. So that's why you just rip off the steering wheel and give them the wheel. That's what we've learned from this. <laughs> um, I am not overacting. I'm a teenager. Okay. Well. Anyway, let's go ahead and get to our. Really, let's wrap things up. And we have one last dots poetry corner where she's talking about the days of the. How many days are in the month? <clears throat> 30 days. 30 days hath September, April, June, and November. All the rest have 31. Except for my Uncle Spit, who was given 30 to life. Thank you. So I thought that was a nice little twist right there with the um the jail humor. <laughs> so uh what do you guys think? Which uh, about the dots poetry corners in general? Uh which one was funnier? The first one or the last one? I, I guess I like the second one more because i understood it and i i heard the 30 days before i haven't heard the jacks you never whatever. heard you never heard jack spratt could eat no fat his wife could eat no lean you never heard that uh nursery no. wow nope. interesting <laughs> okay uh kelly which of those two what was your favorite i think i liked the second one as well yeah, it was just it just has a nice little dark edge to it, <laughs> and apparently the Warners have some uncle out there that's in jail. So this is an unknown story that, who knows, with a reboot we might just get that story. <laughs> be weird. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> the un the untold story of the <laughs> the Warners uncle. Um, okay, so <laughs> let's go ahead and get over to our water tower rating. <laughs> Okay, guys, what do you think? Out of five water towers, how many water towers would you give this episode? Kelly, let's start with you. Hmm. Well, I, I really like bologna. It's one of my favorites. So um, I will give it three and a half because the other two segments were, you know, I, I'm just, I don't like Katie Kaboom. And I... <laughs> <laughs> the buttons of Mindy, I liked it was it was one of the better ones. The buttons of Mindy, um, so but I, it's kind of you know all taken together, it's sort of an average episode. So three and a half. All right, and Nathan, what about you? I'm going to say four water towers. I the baloney and kids. Uh, it's just such a great segment, and then the other two segments I thought were fine, and I have no complaints. I guess so. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, yeah, I'll give it. Uh... I, I I almost want to give it three point seven five, but since we have not done that before, I'll I'll just go ahead and round up to four. Um, I really like uh, Baloney and Friends. I thought I had some some of the best uh, dot poetry corners that we've seen in a while, and um, I like this Katie Kaboom. I I don't know. I I 
I, I could relate to it. I, I, I don't know. So I'll give it I'll give it four out of five on this. So there you go. Well, let's see. Before we get to our contact information, and ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, there's also some bonus audio at the end of this particular episode. We have to get to our poll results from, well, usually I say last week, but in this case, it was two weeks ago. So, okay, Nathan, tell us, what was the poll question? Uh, so last week we were asked what our best chicken boo was, uh, round two. All right, and the choices were, okay, hang on, let me get to the choices. <laughs> there are General Boo Regard, Jingle Boo, Kung Boo, and Chicken Who Loved Me. All right, for the choices here, coming in last, we had General Boo Regard. In second place, we had Kung Boo. In third place, we had The Chicken Who Loved Me. And first place was Jingle Boo. Some really good Chicken Boo segments right there. In fact, these are, they really were, I think, going on all cylinders on these. Guys, what do you think of those four different Chicken Boos? What is your favorite? Uh, Nathan? I, I voted for Chicken Love Me, which was a it was a close second, right? Like yeah, it was. Uh, I remember right. Yeah, I, I should go over the percentages. Uh, Chicken uh, General Boo Regard was twenty. Uh, Kung Boo was twenty four. Uh, Chicken Who Loved Me was twenty seven percent, and Jingle Boo was twenty nine percent. So yeah, they were they were pretty close. It was almost essentially almost a four way tie. But yeah, yeah. So. But yeah, Jingle Boo just uh, beat it out. Kelly, what about you? I like Kung Boo because it's a Karate Kid parody, and I love Karate Kid. <laughs> and I'll go for Chicken. I, I voted for Chicken Who Loved Me as well, uh, just because I think I don't know. I just thought it was the funniest one. It had so many puns, and uh, it was just really, really good. Kung Boo was my second favorite, though. That was a really good one. So you wear a disguise to look like human guys, but you're not a man. You're a Chicken Boo. Uh, Nathan, tell us, what is the poll for this week? Um, so uh, we just had our fourth Mindy and Buttons cartoon since our last poll. So uh, what is our uh, favorite Mindy and Buttons cartoon round uh, three or two or something like that? <laughs> we have uh, Astro Buttons, uh, What a Dump, Boutons et le Ballon, and Super Buttons. <laughs> Excellent French pronunciation there. It's not much better than mine, so I can't complain. Anyway, all right. Well, head on over to twitter.com slash animaniacast or simply search on Twitter for hashtag animaniacastpoll and uh, you can make your voice heard. And uh, I guess we'll probably find out those results in uh, after our next interview next week with uh, Tom Ruger. So, well... Let's go ahead and get over to our contact information. Kelly, where can people get in contact with you online? They can email me, kelly at bigshinyrobot.com. And, and I love getting email, so you know, welcome to, to message me. <laughs> and um, also, I'm on Twitter, Yoda Princess, Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S. And Nathan, what about you? Well, I'm, I'm also on Twitter, and it's DangoFD. That's me. Okay, and as for the Animaniacast in general, we are on Facebook, we are on Twitter, we're on Instagram as well. You can get in contact with us in all those different places. And of course, you can also send us an email, which is animaniacast at retrozap.com. And you know what? Speaking of retrozap.com, you got to go over to retrozap.com because not only is there fantastic articles every day, 
but there's also podcasts that are being released on a very regular schedule, such as the Animaticast, hey, that's a good show, I think, ArgCast, Beltway Banthas, Bruise and Blasters, Classic Marvel Star Wars Comics, The Deucecast Movie Show, Dork Lair, Doomcast, Kanata's Castle, The Sandcrawler, Skywalking Through Neverland, Starships, Sabres, and Scoundrels, Talking Apes TV, Techno Retro Dads, we have a new one called Terrigan Dreams. I think that's how you pronounce it. The Trade Federation and We Know Nothing. Uh, Jovial J. Shepard, who you may know from the Force Cast's uh, Jedi Journals, is now one of the members of uh, RetroZap. So we're going to have, um, gosh, the uh, Jedi Schwa and him uh, do a Flash uh, podcast that's going to be on here and uh, a bunch of other stuff that's coming after RetroZap. You can get every single one of those podcasts dealing with Star Wars and other parts of pop culture put right to your device by simply going to iTunes and going to the RetroZap feed, subscribing to that, and there you go. You'll be able to get all those for free to your device. It's outstanding. And speaking of uh, feeds, go ahead and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, etc. And if you feel so obliged, leave us a review on there as well. If we get a couple more reviews, we're going to put people in a hat and to do another drawing for an Animaniacast decal package. Whoopee! So, yeah. <laughs> Did you say whoopee or wookie? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so uh, if, if you're listening to this show right now on your Apple Podcasts app, if you have an iPhone, then you really have no excuse because it's so easy on the Apple Podcast app. You literally just... Click on the button that says write a review. And then you'll be entered in the drawing just like that. So easy to do. So if you like the show, leave us a five-star positive review. We'll read your review on the show and uh, you'll be entered in a drawing. So, hey, it's a win-win situation. Well, let's go ahead and close things up. Uh, I, I imagine it's time to go. So for Nathan <laughs> and Kelly, this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, y'all. Good night. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds of the Animaniacs characters or any other Animaniacs-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Warner Brothers, Amblin Entertainment, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated. Bye-bye, kids! Have funny fun, yum-yum, fun fun, yum fun! Your life. <laughs> no problem. <Got> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Rob. Oh, my pleasure. Um, so, yeah, fire away, kids. I'm happy to answer any questions I can. Okay. Well, we're recording, so whenever you're ready. Okay. Um, we're doing this f- for us. We're doing it for the Earth Station One podcast. Okay. Um, total geeky podcast, but we love your work. Oh, bless your heart. Well, thank you. You clearly have impeccable taste. Of course. <laughs> thank you. Um, first off, I wanted to say congratulations on beating cancer. Thank you. I feel I've been pretty lucky. It was a, it was a pretty intense year. Um, I'm so glad that I wasn't invited last year because to Comic Con uh, because I would have had to say to lie, which I did. I I told a bunch of uh, conventions that were kind enough to invite me and that I had uh, developed a note on my vocal cords, which was not quite the truth. I had a couple of nodes, but they were cancerous tumors instead of nodes in my vocal cords in my throat. But they were, uh, they, you know, are taken care of. 
I'm not a smoker. It's just one of those things. Genetics or something? Not or? genetics. It was, uh, um, it, it's uh, kind of a, um, something, a, a cancer that unfortunately is becoming more and more prevalent, uh, caused by the HPV virus, the human papilloma virus. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had no pain. I was working. I had a lump in my neck for about a year. Typical guy, you know, I'm like, if I'm not dying, I don't go to the doctor. So I went to my um, uh, my internist for my yearly physical, and man, five seconds, he put his hand on that lump, and, and, and it was a swollen lymph node, and he said, uh, that's, that's not good. And I said, I said, oh, come on. You know, I said, no, no, I, I said, but I don't feel it. Trust me, it's not good. So this was the area to which the cancer had spread. It was already in my throat and a small tumor that, was, that they couldn't see until they did a bunch of biopsies. So that really got my attention. Um, but anyway, to make a long story short, uh, I'm fine. I had to go through a pretty gnarly regimen, and they told me right up front, it's going to kick your ass, you're going to live, but you know, you'll die someday, but not from this if we get it now. But uh, it's going to really be uh, pretty onerous, and it was. Um, but I chose not to tell the truth or not to uh, really make a big deal out of it because you guys, everybody's got their shit. Everybody's got stuff. I don't need anybody's sympathy. I am incredibly fortunate. Even if they had said, you know, you better pack your stuff up because you're getting ready to punch your ticket. I just, I'd had a hell of a run. I've, I've had an amazing run to this point. I wasn't interested in dying, but um, I had nothing to seek sympathy about. So I just chose to cancel the conventions at which I had been invited and tell them I had a, um, you know, an issue with my vocal cords. And then once I started doing... Uh, cons at the end of last year, it was pretty obvious that I'd lost 50 pounds. You know, people were saying, God, no offense, but you, you were not exactly a giant guy to begin with, and you look really thin. Are you okay? And I said, well, I am now, but here's what happened. So that's why I talked about it, because now I'm in a position where I can help people. Now I'm in a position where I might be able to, uh, you never know whose ear you might catch on a podcast or an interview and, and say, wow, Rob Paulson makes his living doing cartoon voices, and he got through throat cancer of all things and so let me you know let me i can figure out how to get through my stuff so thank you for asking and thank you for your kind words i'm i'm fine i'm just still uh trying to put on some weight but otherwise i'm at, uh, those doctors i'll be damned they saved my voice and i'm incredibly fortunate very lucky well it's interesting because i didn't hear about it until you came out on your podcast podcast yeah that was the official that was like january of this year right yeah and see, I lost my mom to cancer. So oh, I'm so sorry to hear you talk about it so frankly, because yeah. you were completely honest. It sounded like totally. Oh yeah, and I had nothing to hide. I, I, um, I, you know, if you choose to, well, let me back up a little bit. Any actor uh, who says they don't like attention is lying to you. Now that doesn't mean that they like to be bothered twenty four seven. I'm not Brad Pitt. I don't know what it's like to not be able to go to the Seven Eleven without, you know, a mob or Tom Cruise or whatever. Um, I my characters, the characters on which I work, I don't draw them and I don't write them. I got to make that clear. The characters on which I'm fortunate enough to work are famous. I get. I'm the one who gets the glory because I'm the voice of the characters, and people love that, and I love it. But. <clears throat> Um, I am absolutely open and honest because I chose to be an actor. And to the extent you people are kind enough to speak to me and that cultivates some sort of celebrity, I asked for it. So to, to get to a place where you go, no, I don't want to talk about that, that's fine and it's personal. 
but I, I believe that the whole shooting match, if you're lucky enough to gain some celebrity, which results in a lot of great things for people who become famous, you know, you get tables at restaurants, nice people like you want to talk to me, people sign, ask me to sign autographs, I can talk to their kids. So with that, I believe comes a certain amount of responsibility to be able to talk about the, the, you know, everybody has bad days. Everybody has bad months. Everybody, everybody in the world, unfortunately, will be touched by cancer. You, very clearly. And mm -hmm. it's, it's painful. But that's part of the deal, man. If I'm lucky enough to get to this position, I want to be able to talk to people about it. So uh, uh, there was never a moment that I didn't want to share it. I just wanted to share it when I was through with it because I didn't want to spend months thanking people every day because I know how many people out there are so kind and sweet. If I told them that, they would uh, via Twitter, Facebook, Instagram all day. I hope you're okay, Mr. Paulson. I, you know, I, I, I lost my mother, I lost my father, I lost my brother, and I would want to respond to them, and I didn't have the juice. <laughs> I was just a wreck for about two or three months. Um, so anyway, that's why I was very upfront about it, and I, I hope I can help. I, I was reading that, you know, your doctor told you it would take you two two years to kind of get back up mm -hmm. to full speed. So what what are you working on now? I know there's been a lot of rumors about the Animaniacs reboot. Oh, and from your lips to God's checkbook. <laughs> so, I, think it's about, I think it's about time for those assholes to get back to work, don't you? Um, in fact, I put a little picture of uh, the water tower on uh, Twitter, I think it was, or, Fate, or Instagram the other day, and, and said, I think it's about time for Yakko, Wacko, and Dot to get back to work. And that was on... Um, on the heels, not on the heels, but a couple months ago, you probably read that IndieWire article that came out that was floated by uh, Amblin. And I, all I know is there have been pretty um, fervent discussions about the fact that Animaniacs is enormous on Netflix. It's doing great business. Um, I also know, having had the great good fortune of working with Mr. Spielberg on a number of occasions, that he is inarguably the most powerful man in Hollywood, and if he wants to get something done, he'll get it done. I, I also know from the experience with him that if he gets it done, it will be at a very high level. It's not going to be just to do it for the sake of doing it. Um, it won't be done unless it's done well. And um, when that little IndieWire article was floated, it, it looked like it was pretty uh, legitimate in terms of the desire to put, you know, that the talks are in place to, to get it done because nothing goes out without Mr. Spielberg's approval with his name on it. And if his name on it is on it and he doesn't have his approval, it's out. It's, there's pushback right away and there's no pushback. So my feeling is that they are definitely talking between Amblin and Warner Brothers with probably one of the new platforms to uh, do it because Animaniacs is huge still and Pinky in the Brain. Now whether or not they'll use Yakko and Wacko, I mean, uh, Tress and Jess and mm -hmm. myself and Maurice is certainly up to them. It's their dime, and they can do whatever they like. I, uh, I hope they do for obvious reasons, but I think there's also a, a fan base that would probably be pretty disappointed that they didn't use the original actors because we're all young enough to do it, and mm -hmm. we do it all the time. And um, uh, so, trust me, if you, I know you guys probably follow me on Twitter and all that other stuff, and once I get the word... If it's happening, it'll you'll know pretty quickly, and I, I have a feeling that the uh, the excitement about a reboot of Animaniacs and or Pinky in the Brain would be a really big deal for for a while, you know. So uh, my fingers are my little cartoon fingers are crossed. <laughs> it's always nice because 
you still have a direct relationship with all the voice actors mm-hmm. that you worked with. You know, you and Maurice all the time. Oh, we yeah. see you guys together. And especially here at Dragon Con or other cons around the country and some of the script readings and stuff oh, like man, that. Those are a blast. <laughs> I loved when you did the Pulp Fiction yeah, yeah. line. Wasn't that great? That, oh, yeah. that was with, uh, with Phil Lamar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was just a couple weeks ago. And I got to thank Nerdist. I have, uh, they've taken my podcast and turned it into a, a pretty fun little TV show. And uh, it's really great, you know, and they, the little uh, clips that we've released, uh, myself singing Yakko's World and the new lyric with the new countries of the world, um, mm-hmm. part of it, and uh, Kevin Conroy was on my show and that little clip of that from Dark Knight. And those things have got like eight or nine million views in the last few weeks. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, so the, 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 the fan love is there and uh, there's no place that it is more obvious than Dragon Con. Everybody here is, could not be nicer to me. And um, I'm, I'm so grateful that I not only get to come back anywhere because of the whole cancer thing, but especially here, everybody's just delightful. And I'm, I'm, I have a little piece of, a little chunk of my cartoon heart in Atlanta for these folks. They're all just really delightful. That's awesome. We have time for one more quick question. Want to go for it? Uh, yeah. I'm- when you're not doing interviews or, or signing autographs, what do you like to do at Dragon Con? Well, it's interesting, Kelly. Years ago, I was just saying this to my wife the other day. I'm a golf nutter. I have been for years. I'm playing golf and hockey, being from being a Yankee from Michigan. Uh, you couldn't tell. Detroit <laughs> Tigers. Um, I love hockey and I love golf. Um, but I have to say, after... Uh, when I was at the end of my cancer treatment, I, I couldn't play, I couldn't really do anything for about two or three months. It's just the, radi- well, you know, the radiation just kicks your ass. And uh, I still have a few problems with, you know, my weight and endurance, but as, I, as you mentioned, it's gonna take another year. I'm about, I'm a year done now. It'll take me another year to kind of fill out. Fair trade. Um, but when I was uh, convalescing and, and getting back on my feet, I was working on all the things that are starting to come to fruition now, like my little Nerdist show, um, trying to find out what to do with my podcast. And I have to say, the universe opened up when I was ready to do it. Chris Hardwick and the folks at Nerdist said, hey, how, do you, how about doing your show as an on-camera show? It's great. And it's doing really well on the Nerdist Alpha Network. I think it's a combination between Nerdist and Geek and & Sundry. And uh, more conventions. I'm doing another half a dozen this year. Um, I am directing uh, a new animated show that I can't tell you about yet because they're going to make an announcement uh, with the new about the show and that, that I'm working on it. Um, so I'm directing now. I'm still working on uh, traditional cartoon stuff for Disney and Nickelodeon and um, Warner Brothers um, with my traditional go to work and make funny noises gig. Randy Rogel and I have got a deal with Warner Brothers uh, licensing by which we take the music of Animaniacs and play it all around the country. Are you going to do it here in Atlanta? I hope so, man. We've got it booked. We've already done four or five gigs. We've got another ten booked into next year. And um, I'll tell you what, if, if there's an Animaniacs announcement to do the show again, that would really light a candle under orchestras and symphonies because we've got the mechanism already in place. So we're doing a lot of that. I love the live performing. The audiences at the Animaniacs live shows are ten years old to seventy. It's unbelievable. So, honestly, now I don't have time to play golf, because I, which is fine, because I love working. I, would, I, I'm a, I love golf, but I love working a lot more, and uh, so I'm really anxious to 
you know, keep all that stuff going and hopefully keep giving, as they say, giving the people what they want. And uh, they sure have given me what I want. I cannot imagine getting any more love and support from uh, a fan base. I, I am, I, I really appreciate the opportunity to let people know how much I really appreciate uh, how supportive they are. I'm the luckiest guy. If you were looking at a lottery winner, trust me, I'm a lucky man. So thank you very much for talking to me. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I've got to go do another one. <laughs> I will see you guys around this weekend, I hope. Thank you. Man. My pleasure. Can I, get a picture real quick? I insist. Nice May to see I you, get Kelly. A picture too? Oh, of course. I'm going to take a picture real quick. Oh, yeah. And then return mm -hmm. a favor. Sure. Now, did, you, I forget, did you make that? No, I got it a hot topic. It's beautiful. Oh, thank you. Wow. <laughs> I like to dress up in women's clothes. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh huh. There you go. Yeah, he's thank a, you. Uh -huh.